ready, 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 man. Doing this. ready, ready. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Downtime with Downsar, episode 71. We are live from Age Day, and today we're sitting down with Zoe from Nice Ones. Yo, 71? Is that 71, right? 71, bro. We cooking, dog. Yo, man, you've been doing this for a minute, and you're making it slice up pretty nice, man. You know, I started this late September, I think. Something like that. So last summer, I got the idea to do the podcast. Right, right, right. And um, I just didn't want to jump in without doing any practice runs. So I did practice runs with the homies and things like that when we went out to Ibach and stuff. And uh, it was in Ibach, Ohio, where we decided, like, yo, let's do this first episode. And it was me and Big Mike. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, dude. And uh, if I listen back to that one now, it's just, you can just see, like, where things shifted, where things changed. And uh been a journey bro yo i love big mike man I, I love listening to his words and like you know his experience in regards to just the scene you know what i mean so i yeah. thought he was a really good pick for you to go with oh definitely do me and big mike's been homies for <clears throat> years bro um i think i met him probably in like 2010 and then you know we we created a a, a relationship because we're in the same community and then it just turned into a real friendship, you know. So whenever I have some project that I'm working on, he's always somebody that I reach out to to be like, if not the first, one of the first ones to even hear the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you remember when we did Huffy Talk back in the day, yeah. he was number one. Yep, yep And then yep. he was number one when we did the podcast because we kind of like, we vibe on that level. Yeah, you know? yeah. Some of these ideas I have are, 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 uh, are kind of crazy. And I'm just going to tell this to like a, regular person no disrespect to anybody else it's just like if you don't have that kind of vision you can't paint the picture yo it's funny that you mentioned that because i feel like you know i've gone to his lives a couple times and he always challenges like somebody's consciousness and um and i feel like that's so specific to you know the things that don't happen in drag racing right now you know what i mean and i think every motorsport kind of goes through their evolution of it but um big mike from a car scene perspective like really made sure that his thought process was known to the masses, regardless of how crazy it sounded. You know, I know that he didn't think it originally that, you know, his prelude build could really take over SEMA the way that it did. Yeah. And that's a huge win for anybody who's ever put time into a Honda because he, from what I understand, he wasn't so much about the fact that it was a Honda. It was just a platform. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just breaking that mindset in a scene where, you know what I mean? If you have a BMW, you're a certain type. Or if you have a Honda, you're a certain type or whatever else. You know what I mean? If you're a drag racer, you have to, you know what I mean? So it's it's dope to watch a dude like that kind of break down stuff like that. It inspired me, too, you know, in the same way. That's awesome, man. And um, let's just jump in. it. What, what, what would you like to see of the drag community that you would see in kind of like the car show stuff where, where Big Mike would bring that kind of uh, that presence to it? You know, that that uh, that conscious thinking about things like, hey, why are you guys doing this? I'm not asking you like why why you're like why do you like that? Right. I'm asking you why do you like that? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's almost like what's your end goal? What are yeah. you trying to do with this? Where's the sport going to take you? Everyone answers, you know, especially in drag racing that it's fun. And I think everyone answered the same way when it came to D1 or 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 anything else, you know what I mean? F1 whatever it is. Yeah originally the drivers wanted to have fun right so that's kind of a basic answer to me um but i always think that motorsports around drag racing has evolved more than drag racing and um it's always been kind of confusing to me because i feel like there's a real specific fan base behind it and um and it does take a certain character of person to get behind and, and, and be a part of a team and to build you know some of these 
pro cars that are budgets out of this world and you really have to love it to keep the money into it like that so i feel like there's a lot of similarities but in drag racing particularly i always compare it to the wild wild west like there's just no rules people are really just making it up as they go along whatever they feel like is a good feeling at the moment ends up on the internet and then the next thing you know someone's feelings are either hurt or there's this there's that and you just don't see that in any other like motorsport arena yeah i guess i guess you're right in the sense as the 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 leaders of that community really don't go go to those kind of levels you know and um from the outside looking in when i see stuff happen i i just think that it's it's kind of a shame because it's it harms the the whole entire sport Um, yeah like when we were talking uh earlier say if you're an outside entity and somebody somebody enlightens you about drag racing or even car show stuff you know, I'll, right, right, right. I'll take I'll take it from from my side because I'm very familiar with that side of things. You know, car shows and all that. So if we try to bring on some big sponsors like we had back in the day, so it's possible, right? Because we had them back in the day. Yeah. We try to bring them on and, and they do their their research. It's gonna take them all of two minutes to to pull out and say, Nah, this isn't something that we want representing our brand, our product, and we're stuck with a lot of companies that that are that are not corporate right and they're just a bunch of people trying to figure out what's going on like myself i I don't know how to run a business i'm just running a business you know (laughs) right 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 there's no rule book to it so you're figuring it out as you go along you know what i mean i think what's weird about it is that in every other like arena of motorsports like someone's figured out how the driver or the race program benefits the the business of a business yeah. you know what i mean like helps impact it in some way shape or form where they continue to come back and it's not just the guys who are putting parts on the car yeah they're sponsors like anybody else but then you you kind of get those major sponsors and i know that back in the day that was something that was happening with drag racing and then it just kind of fizzled out as it as sponsors went to other arenas but it was weird to see the fact that even though it has a fan base that these major sponsors have never looked back at drag racing. And I feel like it's because, you know, where it is today, they don't have confidence in the way that their brand would be represented. And I feel like a lot of guys in drag racing today, they love drag racing and that's dope. And that's number one. But at the, at the end of the day, you have to think about the reason why someone even sponsors your car, regardless of the sponsor, they want it because they want to return. Like yeah. they appreciate the fact that you have so many eyes on them and that you can put eyes on their brand organically. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, as I sat in the sport and, and did more with nice ones and did more with just videography and cinematography and stuff like that, we thought that there was a real void in regards to it. You know, like you never see LeBron James go down to like a, a basketball court on the street and say hey everybody come here and do this right now or come hang out with me and i'll show you how to shoot some hoops now there's a level to it and i feel like in you know in in drag racing there is a level that we should hold a lot of these drivers to and a lot of these drivers want to be held to as well and they and they want that but they want the they want the the sport to support it yeah you know what i mean the expectation of it to be something where you know it's not just one or two guys that are doing it it's everybody looking to try and do something like that to elevate it and um, it just doesn't happen at a fast enough pace in drag racing, in my opinion. Do you remember, uh, did you ever see the show The Wire? Yeah. So yeah. you remember in The Wire when, it, I think it was E-40 was yep. even in The Wire. They It was called like the Coalition or something like that. Right. So they had all the drug dealers from all the surrounding cities or whatever, and everybody gets together. 
and you say, yo, this is how we're going to conduct ourselves," and everybody goes and everybody makes money. And I think that that would be something that's beneficial for, for the, the race community from the out, like I said, from the outside looking in is if there, there are these guys, it's obvious who the, the top guys are in the, uh, in the sport yeah, because this absolutely. is, this is only one of kind of very few sports or, or competitive areas where you can actually see who's in front. Yeah. Because even on my side of things, you can't you can't see who's 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 the head of the game. You right, know, you right, can't right, see right, who right. has the best car. He has fucking fifty seven points. Oh, that dude just got sixty last it's it's not it's all well, opinion yeah. based. Well now it's followers, right? I exactly. mean it's like how many followers do you have that means that your car might be the best built. You know <laughs> I mean to it, the to the new generation. To the new generation that's what it is. You know what I mean? But it would be as simple as that if the guys in each class, the top five guys, they if they all got together and just said, Yo, this is how we're gonna do it, this what we've been doing in the past. Right. It hasn't worked in everybody's benefit. Maybe if we all do this in the same benefit, if we can move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And and coming off of that, it, that's always been the being the change that you want to see. Yeah, I think that's the bigger part of it. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people talk about it and then they don't do anything about it. And then they still like partake in it and just accept it for what it is. You know, when I was working with Julian, um, just on ideas, uh, different ways that we could do more with racing um through nice ones we were thinking about opportunities that we could offer racers because we've been in it for so long yeah. you know what i mean and um we came up with nice motorsports management which is just a management company for racers nice it's nothing like it's nothing like that's that's you know what i mean overly structured because we're beginning it but the things that we want to do is we want to work with a racer to make sure that you know their image is clean on social mm -hmm. media so that they are prepped for a sponsorship Help them understand what's going to help their race program based on their goals. You know, they, they're just doing social media because it's a popular thing to do. But to a company, those analytics mean the possibility of more sales. And you have to be able to explain that to somebody. And if you put all that on a racer to do, don't expect it to always come through the way that it would in another sport. Because there is a middleman that's helping them in every sport. There's somebody that's having a conversation and say, you know what? Um, I'll go back to LeBron James. Listen, LeBron James, I'm going to get you this deal with Reebok. You think it's LeBron James is putting together that presentation yeah. or setting up that meeting or having any of those conversations? Mm -hmm. And I know it's different because it's basketball versus racing, but at the end of the day, they're both athletes. You know what I mean? And an athlete should have the ability to focus on what they do best, which, you know, in, in, in my driver's uh, realm of thought, it's really driving. You know what I mean? I don't want him to have to worry about putting together a presentation. He should just know what he needs, and then we figure out ways to have conversations around us getting what we need and the company getting what they need and yeah. then everybody's happy you know what i mean and yeah. when you have those conversations it's a lot easier than most people would think because you're coming with something that the other person wants yeah so it's not like you're just tossing it up there and being like hey i'm gonna throw my sticker on your car and then i don't know how many people are gonna see the sticker but there's a sticker on the car. <laughs> like that's yeah that, that, that shit doesn't work anymore to be honest with you that stuff is out the window that's dated and people keep doing it but it only happens in drag racing like people think that they can just keep throwing stickers on cars and that's going to do all the advertising for you and it's like when that did advertising billboards were popular yeah you know what i'm saying it's just not like that anymore yeah no you're, you're definitely right and the uh the idea that you have about helping out a racer and helping build them up and there's a benefit in it for you so that that's that means that you're going to try your hardest because the bigger that the racer gets right 
the more that you're going to get. And it's not about finances, but at the end of the day, we're all trying. We wouldn't be out here racing if you break a fucking transmission and you got to fork out 10,000 bucks out of your bank. Absolutely. You know, you all got to work together. But if you if you have both the same goal in mind, should that could be something that changes it right there when when they see that when the, the, the talk and the walk went together. Yeah. And next season could be a totally different story. You know what's funny about it is that whenever you talk to a racer, for example, like we're working with Joe Panella and Alpha K, and you know whenever I have a conversation with Joe about what it is he wants, you know, out of the sport right now, it's he wants to be able to race without digging in his pocket, and that's a really simple ask. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's not it's not give me a salary, it's not put me on every platform, it's not put me all over the place. It's just let me do this without it killing my pocket every time I go to do it. That just let me do it without having to, you know, jeopardize something else to make it happen. And because it's such a simple ask, think about having that conversation with a company when you have somebody who's really just into it for the love of the sport. And um, when I saw that in him and Julie and I talked about it, we knew that that guy was the right guy for us to kind of launch this with. And, um, and we're proud of the way that he's been performing in the end of 2018 and 2019. And we're really impressed with the character that he carries, like both on the track and off the track. You know what I mean? Which is a, probably a big reason why I think Four Pistons supports him the way that they do. And, and other sponsors have been on board. But I think that that's really just the beginning for him. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it's just even commendable for you to even have this program open. Yeah. Because you don't have to. No, you have but a lot of stuff that's yeah, going on, but we, you see an opportunity well, I, 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 yes and no. You know what I mean? And I say yes and no for a couple of reasons. One is, you know, I have to remember, yo, Julian Bowen. Hey. Yo, Julian Bowen. Yo, ladies and Jay. gentlemen, Julian, Julian Bowen just walked in on the, uh, on the podcast. My guy. Julian. Yo, come here, Julian. Jump in real quick, Come here, bro. Julian, bro. We're doing guys, a podcast, bro. Guys, while Julian comes over here, looking all handsome and shit. Yeah. Let me tell you about my guy. It's a fucking dark night right there. <laughs> Ever since I've met him. He's been a stand-up dude. Always showed respect. Quiet, but the uh, the work showed. You know, the hustle showed. Yo, you know what's crazy? And I'm I always put this out there because you know Julian's so quiet and he won't say nothing to you. You know what I mean? He won't tell you this, but you can ask anybody out there holding a camera. I don't care who they are. The reason that they hold the camera is because he held one on the street first. Ooh. Before anybody else held the camera to watch racing on the street, especially an import, it doesn't. Cali, New York, Michigan, Seattle, whatever. He did it first. Yeah. Before YouTube, he had to figure out a way to upload it to forums, bro. You understand oh, what I'm shit. telling you? Like forums where it was where it was a link that you had to go to, and then you had to view it through a link. Like you couldn't even press play. So, on Honda Tech. So since we're, we're, we're getting back to the roots of it, can we talk about the, um, the history of Nice Ones and where you came in on it? Yo, you know what's crazy? And I, I think that's – it's weird for me to be working with Nice Ones right now the way that, that I am and for Jay and I to be splitting it the way that we are. Um, but before I ever held the camera, I was watching Nice Ones and hoping to be on Nice Ones. Really? Absolutely. I would watch it religiously. Um, I would watch it on CTV Tech. I would watch it on Honda Tech. I was watching it before YouTube. When, like, they would come for, like, a dyno day or something, I remember how it felt to go want to get my car all set. And I remember talking to Julian before I ever held the camera about just getting a video. 
And then I ended up doing something in music for a long time. And then, you know, once I stepped out of the, the, the independent film world and music and I was taking a break, I figured, you know what, let me just go hang out around some garages. And then next thing you know, I'm running into this guy at World Cup and we're talking about the future. And the next thing you know, the future's here. And when was this? What year was this? Yo, Jay, what year was that? 2014 or 15? Yo, 2013. Damn. You know what I mean? And yeah. then we started, like, really, really grinding. And, you know, what's crazy is that Jay has this um, religious ability to be consistent. You know what I mean? Like, it could be a million views, no views. Yeah. You'll find him on the street or on the track. Yeah. Period. Like, it could be a good day or a bad day. You'll find him on the street or on the track. It could be legal or illegal you'll find him <laughs> on the street Doing or it. on the track i'm yeah. dead serious like yo, know, he used to run around with a hatchback right he was running around with a hatchback that was red with yellow wheels they call it the ronald mcdonald car and yeah. he'd have somebody tag in and he would be taking everybody out in queens but then he decided that he wanted to hold the camera instead and film it so we could put it up and never put the camera down you know what i mean yeah and um and and it's stuff like that that inspires somebody to want to take it to the next level so um, when Jay and I connected and started really talking about what nice ones could be and just the history of it, like we started to just look into how we could raise the bar. Yeah. We didn't want to be relatable to anybody else that was shooting video today. We wanted to do it in a different way. We wanted to set the tone different. We wanted to make sure that when you saw a nice ones video, you didn't need the logo to identify it as a nice ones video. Mm -hmm. Like you needed to see it by the signature that it was shot at. And it took us a few years to kind of put the formula together to get people to really recognize it that way. But here we are now and we're seeing it happen more and more. And we're noticing that like the community is responding to it. Like they don't even call our, our stuff videos anymore. They call it movies. Yeah. And they correct us when we call it videos. They're correcting us. So it's like to be able to have that impact on a community and still re retain a lot of that love, you know, is a testament to everything that he did out on the street those nights when I was just watching him and he was actually doing it. Yeah, so it's his grind and you're uh you're wanting to be part of it and both of that together, it uh created something pretty cool, man. Yeah, it's different, man. It it, it turned into something different and you know, as we thought about just keeping and creating content and doing more documentary stuff, then we started thinking about how we could just help racers stay in it, right? You said that we were doing something really nice for the racer. Yeah. And I said yes and no. And the reason I said that is because if we're not doing something nice for the racer, the racer will go extinct. These events will disappear. People won't have the opportunity to do it and we won't be recording them. Yeah. Which means if they go, we go. So it's in everyone's best interest that we make sure that they're as successful as possible and that they get the opportunity to race with as little money out of their pocket as possible. Yeah, that's one thing that's always um, confused me is that people don't understand longevity and like... Yo, if nobody's building Hondas anymore, we all don't have shit. Yeah, exactly. It's gone. <laughs> we don't have nothing. Yeah. If nobody's paying for our shit, whether it's bolts or watching race videos, coming to the track, everybody's gone. Yeah, we have to support it. Like, some people feel like that's optional. But I'm telling you, like, as, as big as people feel like this industry is, it is a sliver compared to other industries. So as a sliver, we need to really continue to support it and help it to grow. Otherwise, when it's gone, we're all going to be sitting around thinking about how that happened. So you were bringing um, to Nice Ones, you were bringing a different uh, different idea to it. 
and of that birthed the projects. Let's yeah, talk about that. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up because. Um, hey, bro. I, I told, that's my job. I see that's your job. <laughs> Yo, Frank is on his job. Julian, you heard Frank is on his job today? I'm He's working on his right job now. I'm today. I'm right now. Yo, he, yo Joe, fucking, <laughs> Joe fucking Rogan. So, um, so when, Project. I, yeah, when I was actually out here kind of just working on doing separate videos, I told you I had come from like taking a break in music. And what I did in music was make mini documentaries. So um, I knew a lot of that formula would work in racing because they're all stories and all universal. You know what I mean? And I was talking to Jay about how could we actually make it so that we tell the story in racing, but make it relatable to what the fan base needs to see. And what is it that they're not seeing right now? You know what I mean? We know everybody sees the pass. Great. Everybody puts up the pass. And sometimes you do an interview about it and sometimes you don't. Well, what if we just took the opportunity to film what happened um, before, middle, after, like really focus on some life choices around racing and not make it so much the focus on the past, but make it the focus on the person. And then um, we were thinking about what, you know, no matter what an enthusiast has going on, what is the thing that's kind of um, constant with an enthusiast? And it's a project. And um, so we thought, you know, great idea to put together something called the projects where it sounds like we're focusing on the car, but we're really focusing on the person. Yeah. And um, I had the pleasure of being on an episode. And that's one of the last times that we had a deep conversation, man, which was awesome. So I'm, I'm super glad that we could sit down and do this again. But that was two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you're right. We were sitting down doing the projects. It was at an H day. As a matter of fact, we were doing it at an H day. And um, we had just connected, and uh, when we did, like, you had brought me back to the Airbnb. We had chilled out for a while, me, you, um, and the crew, and Vasily was around, so I got the opportunity to catch up with him. Matter of fact, because of that introduction, I actually flew out to Arkansas That's right. and shot another episode with Vasily while he was getting, um, while he was getting um, covered in Super Street. You know what I mean? And, you know, when we think about... The projects we try to think about a couple different things it's not just the car and not just the person it's the situation so you know selecting you as you know you're a young entrepreneur in the sport that's also very much an enthusiast who's well known that you know majority of people don't know the story behind some of that so we had the opportunity and the pleasure to kind of shed some light on that um i think with Vasily, one of the things that attracted us the most to his episode is that you know, he had the opportunity to be involved in Super Street and he had a super clean build. How many people know what happens when you go on a photo shoot for Super Street? Not many. Yeah. But everybody wants to know. You know what I mean? So we had the opportunity to go through that with him for a couple of days in Arkansas. It's just we're trying to do different situations across the board. For example, like we just released one for season two um, with Joe Pinella and Alpha K team. And it really did focus on what teamwork you need to have in place in order to run a, a successful race program. Not just have a group of friends at the track helping you bang things out and, and, and try to throw things together or half-ass shit. You know, it's really what does it take to have a successful race program and who are the players that are involved. And so I had the opportunity to sit down um, with my boy Ryan, with my boy Spoon, um, Joe, you know, Jerry, um, just a bunch of great dudes who all see one goal in getting this car down the track and helping Joe 
you know, really hit those times that he's been looking to hit and really just grow the sport organically. They're not looking for nothing. They just they just want to be here to see all of their hard work culminate into a number. And when you think about that, if you don't understand the passion behind racing, just getting that like they're not they're not out here getting a ton of money for what they do. They sacrifice. They take time off. And they're all doing that to get a number to be remembered for legacy. And I think a lot of people don't take that into consideration when they're sitting in the stands and watching them perform. Now, that's crazy that you say that. I was, I was thinking that when you were breaking it down, that um, it, from, from my perspective, it looks like the driver is the number one. Yeah. But the way that you break it down is there's still a team behind it and if these team members didn't do their job that driver wouldn't be number one and what do you think about maybe shedding a little more light on that yo that's so crazy because when i was putting this stuff together um i was talking to joe about when i was going to release it and um i kept telling him pacino 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 and he was like what the hell are you talking about with this pacino so um, the part that is weird that you asked that. I know you haven't seen the whole thing, but it's weird that you ask. Um, so I put this part in it from any given Sunday and it talks about being the captain of a team. You know what I mean? And you're the quarterback. It says, you know, you're the goddamn quarterback. And when you think about a quarterback in football, like if they don't have a receiver, if they don't have blockers, if they don't have a running back to toss the ball to, they're not winning that game all by their freaking selves. That's not, that's not happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was so relatable that I had to put it in at a crucial time in the video when he was pulling up to the line and he was just getting ready to go. And you saw like Ryan and Spoon, his whole crew standing next to him on the line. And when he went down the track, nobody took their eyes off of him. No matter what else was going on in the track, they were all in that car with him. And that's what it feels like to be a quarterback. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that when drivers get that they're quarterbacks as opposed to just a part of the team that's just doing a role, um, I think you're going to see better drivers. That's um, that's a really dope way to look at it, man. Because that makes you unstoppable, dude. I, I I really think that people listening right now they they put more limitations on themselves that aren't really there. You know, there's there's no reason why um a race team, uh, somebody that's been in for a few years, even a rookie, can't be number one. There's there's yeah. no reason. It doesn't even make sense to see limitations like that. And and I think you know I have a. A different view on it um, because you know the first thing I put on YouTube went on the network so it wasn't like I had the experience of going on YouTube and figuring it out before I got on the nice ones so I know what's at the other end of the rainbow I believe in it you know what I mean so no one can take that away from me so I don't mind working 24 48 hours just because I know that that vision's there it just takes time to get to and I'm patient you know what I mean yeah. and I learned a lot of the patience from Jay because to be honest with you, like that man's patience is ridiculous. He seems like it. Yo, it's I almost see like him flip yo, out one day. Nah. Yo, <laughs> I've seen see yo. It. Yo, I've seen him flip out. No. Yo, I've seen him flip out. Yo, let me tell you how Jay flips out. Jay flips out like this. Nah, nah, nah. Right Stay now. over there, bro. Stay <laughs> over there, bro. We making history right now. Stay over there. Don't come over here interrupting this shit. Guys, if you know Jay, then you Yo, he's in here right now waving his hand. Yo, 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 yo. So Jay. So Jay will approach some stuff, right? And he'll he'll be looking like mad calm. You know what I'm saying? Like his eyes will be like fluttering. He'll be like, mm-hmm, okay, okay, okay. And then when he starts talking like slowly, 
that's because the man's about to lose his shit. Like when he starts talking mad slow, it's breaking down. Yeah, because the li- like if he's loud and he's talking to you, everything's good because he wants confirmation, <laughs> clarification. When he starts talking low, he gets it already, but he's trying to like not spaz out. And then when he spazzes out, it's almost like he gets mad stiff. He's like, "Don't start talking to me!" Oh, and I'm shit. like, "Yo, yo." Julian Bowen. <laughs> Julian fucking... I've seen Julian snap off and call an Uber faster than anybody else I've seen in my <laughs> life, bro. Yo, he don't tolerate none of that extra shit. I don't care how friendly he is at the track, bro. My man, when he snaps off, he's done. It's over. He just... He cuts it off and he moves. And he's making a move immediately at the end of his decision. That's dope. <laughs> no ifs, no ifs. Like, it's like, I can't do this shit anymore, and we're calling an Uber. Uber's here. We're leaving. Yo, but we left the account. We're going to come back for it. We're going now. All right. It'd be like that sometimes. Yo, it'd be like uh, that sometimes. So next time someone sees him at the track and he looks all mellow, don't believe that shit. It's possible. There's a don't possibility. Yeah, nah, he can spaz out. That boy That boy can spaz out. But um, speaking of uh, of possibilities, dude, I, I think, I don't really remember. Do you ever remember following skateboarding? Yeah. Okay, yeah, absolutely. so back in the day, like a 720 or what was it uh nine whatever i don't fucking know i don't know the math right? yeah i know the but 360 Hawk, but that was about it 360 540 720 yeah whatever whatever the next one is that 720 that was the most rotation that somebody's done so tony hawk was going for a 1080 right Nobody's ever done that shit before, and right. he he did it at X Games. And guys, if you're listening, and if it's a seven thirty, you're saying I don't give a fuck, bro. You you get the story, right? So he's doing mad spins in the air. He finally lands it, right? Now, if you if you look at skateboarding at this moment, I guarantee that trick isn't even something special. No, no, and that's just evolution so because if, there's always someone who doesn't think you can do something until you actually do it. And this could be. Something Yo, I don't that. see any reason why half the things that we work on won't work outside of us just really putting in the detail and the time to figure it out. Like, yeah. that's really what it comes down to. The only limitation is ourselves. And if we believe what everyone else is telling us, then we're not strong enough to do it anyway. Yeah, and um, I totally agree with the, the limitation is um, yourself and only yourself because I've dealt with that that too with myself and and just knowing that i can overcome things if i change the way that i handle situations right how i react to things you know maybe put my pride and ego to the side maybe that'll help me advance even quicker you know what i mean you know i think everyone says that and i think that that is a valiant thing and it's it's but it's truly easier said than done because the one thing that i've come to learn about um you know jumping into nice ones and to just help out is when you have the ability to get have access to so many people ego and pride really do become a problem like it's just that's that's a part of it and then you need to decide how you are as a person and how well or not well you deal with that and then make decisions on your own to make sure that it's addressed accordingly like going back to nice you know what i mean motorsports management when you think about that we take that out of the racers hands like if if we know that the minute you get 30 if i know joe gets a hundred thousand followers he's gonna spaz out buy a lambo and like 
you know, fly to Tahiti, yeah. I'm going to be like, Joe, before this happens, we need to talk about how you're not going to act. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just, and just give him that forewarning because a lot of times when stuff like this goes wrong with people, it's because no one had a conversation with them to begin with. Like, no one ever sat them down and was like, yo, we need you to think about that. And um, I, I think more than anything with nice ones, one of the things that I've come to learn is how powerful communication is. Like, you need to be able to directly tell somebody something so that it's in their mind. Because there's a 50% chance they heard it and a 50% chance they didn't. Those are pretty good odds when you think about the way the world is right now. You know what I mean? So taking the opportunity to really communicate clearly is something that I think, um, you know, nice motorsports management is a plus for, for a lot of racers. It just gives you insight and choices to make. Now, why do you feel that that's so hard for people to do? Um, just lack of experience with it, to be honest. It's more like, you know, uh, a lot of people, you know, outside of social media, how else would they get the attention of 96,000 people? Like, imagine there was no social media and instead it was like, I'm going to go to a podium and then I'm going to turn on a flashlight and 96,000 people show up. What are you going to yeah. say? You know, it's a different experience, right? Yeah. So it's almost like, think about it in reverse that it's like, yo, I have this app that I use. And I have 96,000 people that tune in and some of them are happy, some of them are not, some of them want more, some of them want less, some of them think I'm annoying, some of them think I'm dope. Some, so all these things are running through your mind and then the next thing you know, you're throwing out a whole bunch of things, just testing scenarios. When if you just sat down and spoke to somebody you had experience with it, they could tell you which way would work for you and which way might not and then let you make the decision. But it's an informed decision. But deeper than knowing when you when you should or when you shouldn't or what you should say or what you shouldn't, what do you think the deeper feeling is like why people will will choose to use that that power for evil? Oh, people want to be accepted. You know what I mean? Like that's just like anything else. And it's not even you know, people people see that that evil or that good or bad thing. I I've read a couple books and and the theory about good or bad in my opinion is very different. Um people who you consider bad don't consider themselves bad they consider themselves fighting for a cause so it's almost like if you don't like if everyone if the people who were quote-unquote bad considered themselves quote-unquote bad i'm sure that they would make some choices to not be bad you know what i mean but they just don't see it the same way you do and we're calling what's good and what's bad two different things so i feel like you know it's consciousness and understanding how things make other people feel and kind of just taking that in consideration because we just don't have a lot of considerate people not just in like society but in this community in the race community there are some people who go way out of their way to support each other like i've never seen a, a company like four piston support their drivers the way that four piston does yeah they're considerate people not all companies are going to do that downstar does a lot with the people that they support and they sponsor i've seen you give people mad love and almost build their instagrams for them through a sponsorship yeah because you thought the build was worth it and you're an enthusiast yourself so you know, I just I just feel like there's there's levels to it that people don't always see and that people aren't always interested in looking at. You know, I'm glad you said that about helping people build their platform because um, I can definitely agree on that. And a lot of people that I've put time into, it was it was it was wasted time. But I had to figure out how to not that let me affect somebody else. Right, right. Then right. I could help out yep. in the future. And a lot of that had to do with pride and ego. Right. You know, because if one person does something to you, you're, if you're never going to do something for somebody else. Yeah, again. absolutely. Yeah. So you're letting that person change 
who you are in in your core uh, as as a human yeah they change your dynamic and that's the thing that you, you don't want to give anybody the power to begin to change your dynamic you know you what you want to be able to do is just um be able to brush some of that stuff off again when you put like that wall in between you and the things that um aren't for the best of your career in a sport you know that helps the odds again when you go back to the company the, the nice motorsports management company when you go back to that that wall in between could save somebody's career and get them to the next level or help to grow the sport in a different way you know mm -hmm. um and i think that if you're thinking about that and you're moving towards that and we start to get on that ball one by one you're going to see racers that begin to level up on their own even without representation just say you know what I see him winning at this. Exactly. I really want to start winning at this. I'm going to follow some examples. The same way negativity spreads, positivity can spread as well. You know what I mean? It just takes a few people to be consistent about it and show, like, the fruits of it, you know? Now, have you reached out to any of the uh, quote-unquote popular racers and told them what, what you can bring and where maybe their, their I don't want to say flaws, but it is what it is. Where their flaws lie, right? And where you can where you can help that them out with. You know, I think the main thing for us is, you know, we've thought about a bunch of different racers, whether they be, you know, street racers or someone that's you know hitting the track heavy now. You know, we've thought about a few different people, but um, you know, we really wanted to, you know, quietly open up the company and then try something with one particular person, and we thought Joe was perfect for it because he's just really passionate about racing, like. I, I don't even want to put it this way, but the kid's untainted. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he's newer in it, and he's got a genuine love for racing that hasn't been fucked up yet. That's good. So for me, it was like, you know, this guy's got a good heart. He's a good person. He's built the cleanest car in all motor, period. You know what I mean? And just the character of people around him that I've known for years spoke volume to me. And, and I vouch for him with Jay, and we both agreed on it and kind of moved forward. So all of our attention right now is on Joe. Um, part of the reason why, you know, his projects just dropped before H day. That was the last time he was at H day. Now we're showing him as he goes into his, you know, weekend at H day and we'll have more content after that. Like we're, we're supporting him for this year to make sure that people kind of get familiar with him and understand what his race program is about and really understand like why he's like a model in the all motor class. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Cause that's what he's looking to be. It's not, it's not just jump in and, and bust the time. Like he really wants to help the class grow. And I think he wants to do it by example without doing a lot of talking. What's dope about that, too, is that you don't have to ask anybody permission. No. Um, that's one thing that I love about not only my, my platform, but my, my ability to, uh, like, as being a business owner, is I can either put this money back into this business or I could put it into this fucking business or put it into this business or into the podcast or, like I said, I was starting the skate brand. Right, right. And that that's building on basically happiness what i enjoyed as a child or or growing up you know i always try to focus on what makes what makes me happy right what's right. All, what's made me happy from when i was a child till now you know music skateboarding uh, cars hustling making money or whatever you yep. know and being now i have the possibilities i've put myself in a situation so i can make all of those happiness come true Right, right, right. So, what you're giving to to the racers that are going to be on your platform is, you know, this this happiness that that you're trying to achieve. We can all achieve that together. Right. You just need to know that. You just need to trust me that this is the lane. Right. 
and it's in a, a learning experience too you know what i mean like there are things that drivers are going to teach us but there are also experiences that you know jay is going to be able to tell you about because he's been in it for 20 years you know what i mean like th that type of stuff is invaluable and at the same time it's again it's you know without these drivers existing we don't exist so we want to make sure that the culture is alive and well you know um one of the things we changed this year with nice ones is, is our tagline shift the culture um nice. and we say that because we really want to shift the culture from where it was to where it needs to be and i know that these are small steps when you think about you know managing you know pro drivers and teams to help them get sponsorships so they could get to a point where they're not spending money but it's also like we have aspirations on you know making a platform that's just um nice ones tv where it's just almost like a channel where you can watch any content in regards to racing from anybody and you can just watch it in one place and it still gives each of the people who make the content their clicks their ownership their viewership like everything across the board we just want to be the hub to kind of help everyone get some attention on the content that they're putting out so you would say like your your own youtube no, it's it's bigger than that. I would say that it's more like our own channel. So, so how are you determining how much each person is going to get paid for their content? Well, do you break it down in views or how, how would that work? It all depends on how they make money off their content now. So let's take an example of um, like Saucepot, right? So if Saucepot was out there and he was saying, you know what? I make X amount of dollars on my YouTube channel. Okay. All the views are still going to go to your YouTube channel. That's all your money. You should definitely keep that. But how, how would that happen if it's being uploaded on your platform? Because it's never leaving their YouTube channel. Oh, it shit. all still stays on their Why YouTube channel. Why wouldn't they channel. just do it double dip? It is. That's the goal to give everybody an opportunity to not just make the money that they're currently I making. I thought it was just going to be on no, your platform. Give them an opportunity to make money on top of that. You know what I mean? And mm. and and the real work behind the channel is you take the opportunity to um do what we would do for races in a sense if we wanted to get a new sponsor on the network and they really liked you know um 1320s content we would give kyle a call and be like kyle they really want to put some advertising in front of your content we're going to put together the presentation we're going to do a split with you here's a split on top of it are you in agreement to this yes or no and then they sign off on it we do the presentation we lock down the deal we send them their money up front we wait for the money on the back end Wow. So it's like it's giving everybody the opportunity but not taking anything off of their channel. And it's giving the viewer an opportunity to find one place yeah. to watch all the content that they would want to and save themselves time from scrolling and looking here and doing this, that, and the third. And then it gives it gives our, I guess it gives our entire um, area, our entire community here an opportunity to be looked at differently from more major sponsors because collectively our views together look like a whole lot more money to a monster or a red bull or a pepsi than they do separately whether it's just being one specific channel on youtube right versus being 20 30 channels right and this network your network right now you can go get whatever type of deals you want to work with and that's the backing exactly another piece of it think about it like this so Think of a channel that you watch on TV. Anyone. Name one. Lifetime. All right. So think about <laughs> Lifetime. So you watch Lifetime, right? Yeah. There's a whole <laughs> bunch of different content on Lifetime. 
That's weird. You watch I don't watch Lifetime. Yes, so. you do. All right, bro. I watch Lifetime. All right, you watch Lifetime. So bitches is crazy on there. It's crazy on Lifetime. So you watch. He's getting raped. So, so you're. Shit's, <laughs> shit's going down Yo, on Lifetime. It's so crazy. <laughs> so so you're watching Lifetime, right? Think about every um, show that's up there, every movie that's up there. Yeah. Right. All right. So you're there. Mm-hmm. Does Lifetime make every one of those movies? No. What's the difference? Do the producers and the directors all get paid? They still get paid. Yeah. And it just goes on to, it's it's almost like it goes on to their platform. The idea is the same. It's you're still making it. You're still getting it paid. It still goes to you. But where the numbers come from in regards to impressing sponsors is on the website itself. Because the website gets all the hits. Mm-hmm. Let's say that we do this with Downstar and Downstar makes content, mm-hmm. right? It's like, well, you know, nice ones. I really want to get hits as well in my website no problem so we put the link in our website and a link to your website with an image so that it just takes into your website and it plays you get hits for your content hmm. both on your website and on your youtube channel so there really is no lose for you it's yeah. just the way that we formulate it and if you look at it a lot of guys right now who are doing media they really don't have a bunch of websites yeah we would help them to organize that and kind of get their clickbank going up and just give them an opportunity to make more money. And on top of that, give everybody an opportunity to find all the content you want in one place. Yeah. Um, me as like a hustler and an entrepreneur, I see so much potential. And um, I wish I was just involved more in the community and accepted more in the community that, that I can pursue those, uh, those avenues. But it's just seems very clicky and yeah. that's why i think that it, it would be a challenge right and not right, a challenge right. for you but a challenge to be able to broaden broaden others horizons and take them to that next level right because when you see the younger generation like uh tj hunt who's in his very early 20s went yeah, from yeah. rebuilding a, a a subaru to he's he built his own ferrari right and it's his car 1.3 subs and i'm sure most people in in the the race community would look at him and laugh right why it doesn't matter that's the point that you think that matters there's to so TJ much Hunt? there's so much money that's being left on the table but here's the bottom line to it you know at, at a certain point um your professionalism has to come into play and i'm not saying other you know on media outlets professionalism i'm saying ours um, nice ones because if I have a conversation with somebody and they select not to do that that's totally understandable I mean I could I can understand that it's something that you don't want to do but then if other people are making money I don't want you to feel as though we need purposefully left you out of it yeah. it's an opportunity for anyone and anyone can opt in or opt out and it's not anything permanent across the board it's more just saying listen we know from experience how to make more money off content than maybe you do and we've done it before and we've done it for years. Yeah. And if we want to see the support in total continue to s- survive and to thrive, we need to start sharing that information with other media outlets so that they could feel valued and they could start making additional dollars and feel like their work is being valued as well. But if they're not doing that, and we, even if we, anybody could listen to this and attempt to do this themselves, but by the time that you're done, 
you're I don't know that you're gonna put in all the hours that are necessary to make it work flawlessly you may have a thread put together but when it doesn't work the first time you're gonna fold on it mm -hmm. where we've been testing it for over six months so we've seen it work it's just not to the point where we feel like it's perfect yet so we haven't released it we knew that the media management company would work and we've released that quietly and it's been doing well so it's just it's more about taking these risks and these opportunities to give people another chance to do more in the sport than what they've seen in the past 10 years. So say there's a racer listening right now. What what are some points that you can give them as as an action where they can start working on now? Um, I'll give like one really sharp point. If you're going after a sponsorship, don't write it like a resume. It's not a resume. And if you're going after a sponsorship, don't talk about all the things that you want. Because honestly, them giving you something is not really about what you want. It's about what they want. And if they're not getting what they want out of it, I guarantee you that's the last thing you see. Or if you get a call back at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people think that they can just run a time or, or they get you know 10,000 likes on, on one big platform and they can go after a sponsor and say, you know, now that I've made it, um, I'd like you to give me everything in your arsenal and I won't have to pay a dime. And then they're surprised when they don't get a call back. But that is sometimes how it works. So how, how do you look at it like that when some, some companies ju do just fall for that? Oh, this dude, he's popping right now. Let me give him whatever part. Sure, you could do that. But at the end of the day, when you don't get a return on your investment, how often are you going to lose that money? Because if you're not telling people, again, going back to communication, if you're not telling people what you want in return at the end of it and being transparent about it, then it doesn't make sense. If you don't have the middleman that's flushing that out. For example, if I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to PBG and say, PBG, you know, I think Joe would benefit greatly from a gearbox from you. But I'm gonna tell you how it would benefit you to support Joe in this manner. We're gonna put together content when we install it. We're gonna talk about the benefits. We're gonna show the times. We're gonna make sure that other people see it and then have an opportunity to um, set up a, a sale with you at a certain time so that we could try to help you sell more units. And then by the end of that quarter, you should see an increase in profits. Mm -hmm. If you're not thinking that way when you're thinking about a sponsorship, don't take a sponsorship because you have to be thinking that way in order to continue to get sponsorships like the ones that you want and get to that goal of not coming out of your pocket to do what you love. Okay, everybody, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be back in one minute. <gasps> no, sir. You, you listening right now, I need to tell you something. Your life is in shambles. One of the reasons is, is the way you present yourself. Son, that t-shirt you got on right now with the stains in the back of neck, that is not going to bring the honeys home. You look terrible. I'm not talking about your disfigurement. That's something only the good Lord could help you with. But what I can help you with is going to downstory.com. Go to that web page on the World Wide Web and just search DTWD. Yeah, search that and you could get some of the official Downtown with Downstar merch. Maybe move out the basement so me and your mama could do the dick ball dance like we used to do 27 years ago when you wasn't around. I'm going to go upstairs and give me a pop pie. You get back to your little podcast. What about these these companies that, that 
do that where they sponsor people because of popularity and they really don't get any return on investment but they just keep doing it because they think that that's the way for things to run do you think that they have any responsibility in this whole thing they have responsibility themselves so when they fold up the doors because they keep spending money that they're not getting back that's on them but some companies are big enough where they can flow a guy a turbo or something and for the i mean it's it's opinion based but for the wrong reason yeah sure but are those guys marketing the turbo honestly they're not they get the turbo and they're like thanks on instagram you know precision but then they never talk about it again and the sales don't go up and and then who really benefits from it the racer but how did the company benefit from it and if the person at precision has a boss to answer to how are you going to answer that question when they ask you why you gave away a $2,600 turbo and you made no investment? You're going to risk cardboard boxes to, for popularity? Yeah. You know, like, you have to really think about the companies that you're getting involved with, too. Like, are they companies where there's a, a really corporate influence or are they mom and pop shops? Because mom and pop shops can get away with it because they'll just get a tongue lashing at some point. Mm-hmm. But corporate entities don't allow that. When money goes out the door and you don't recoup it, you risk your position at that role. And a lot of people don't want to risk their position with their livelihood. So that's that's the way that I think about it more often than not. And at the same time, I think companies um, ultimately stop sponsoring the people that don't bring in a return on investment. Definitely. Because it, 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 it's natural. They're losing money doing it. Popularity doesn't replace dollars. Well, I guess I can tell you from my point of view, being a business owner, and the reason that we quote-unquote do not sponsor is because of those situations that we ran into in the past there you go where we'll give somebody something um it could have been my fault for having a bad judgment in the person or that person not fulfilling any promises that they had or whatever well that see not to cut you off Mm -hmm. but that's also a challenge with people who are giving out sponsorships like the racer doesn't know everything that you want to see happen but yet the sponsor doesn't lay out goals to ensure that the racer hits not real ones post this post that do this do that no 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 no. stop talking about the post and start talking about what you want the end goal to be i want to see more sales by this time give me five ways you're going to help me do that let the racer figure that out because the racer or the people who support the racer figure that out because they're the ones that are going to know the audience and if you know the audience, you know how to trigger them to take action. You know what I mean? That's the work involved in a sponsorship. It's not the sticker that people see going down the track because I've seen a bunch of stickers today and none of them entice me to go out and buy anything. I see them whenever I open Instagram. Yeah, it's I'll great. I'll see that company sticker, I already follow and it's them. Like I, but, that doesn't, <laughs> but you know what does? You know, when I go on a, a live video and I see somebody talking to me about a part that helped them win, even though there's a bunch of other parts that helped, but they focus on that one part and you have that conversation with me because the person who helps to represent that race program reminded them to say that on live. That's what helps me think about buying that part because it was like, hey, this just helped me win, period, done. Yeah, That communication is powerful, you know? But people aren't thinking about that because it just seems so, so given. It just seems like, yeah, everyone should know that. Nah, you need to tell people that in an organic way. So that they don't feel like you're a used car salesman. And a lot of that does feel like a used car salesman. Yeah. And, and it's really off-putting. And it, to me, just makes me see like, all right, you just got this shit for free. 
And no, you know <laughs> what? I'll give you an example of how that doesn't work. And I, and I think a lot of people who put out content are responsible for that, right? So years ago before I was on Nice Ones, I, I did um, uh, a video for AEM. And one of the things that we wanted to do is we wanted to make it very um, organic. We didn't want it to feel like a used car salesman video. So as opposed to me talking about why someone selected AEM, um, I think it was Tim Gray, I was asking him about a time where um, another unit had failed. Mm -hmm. Just give me an example of that. And then it naturally became this conversation. It was like, yeah, I failed in the middle of a race and it killed me. And the next thing you knew, like, I needed to go and find something I knew was going to be like totally reliable. And I went and grabbed this AEM and I've been winning championships since. Like he wasn't, he, I didn't even talk to him about selling it. It's just the story was a natural progression of why he went there. People have to be able to tell those types of stories in order to get the public to trust them enough to say, you know what, I might give this product a shot. You got to be good at it. You know what I mean? Like don't half-ass it because people see right through that shit. You got to be good at having, and you got to believe in the stuff that you're working with. If you don't believe in it, don't accept it. Say, so, you know what? That's not really for me. What's funny about that is I see that happen a lot. And um, these people, their, their word is still gospel. When, when you see them going from one side to another, no, you know, not, like you're not you're, to me, you, not to me. Yeah. <laughs> when you're supporting a company that I know doesn't deliver yeah. what you're saying it yeah. delivers, your word stops right there. Yeah. So no, let absolutely. me take you back to a, a situation. This was back in the day and they're not even around no more. You know, right. Rest in peace, BWR, right? Oh yeah. Black so how, however, however BWR was, Tanner was always a good guy to me. Right. He was always cool to me, and anything that anybody ever told me, I just put it in the back of my head, and it made me think about if I would ever do business with him on a, on a large scale. or You know when you do business with somebody, and we could do business together, and it goes perfect, but if I give you an opportunity to screw me, there's a possibility that you will because I've already heard that about right, you. Right, right. But since I never gave him that possibility, it, it never got to that point, right? So I'm... I'm uh, at fall nationals and with those guys they invited me to go i went with them and went, right. we're, we're with one of their workers and um workers telling me every oh it's the best product everything gassing me up you know and I, i'm not saying that their products were shit or anything like that but i'll get to that part of the story right so he's totally team bwr okay so then after something happens then it's like oh they're fucking their parts are garbage there's and i'm just like Okay, bro, but three months ago, you were telling me the completely different story. So, so BWR was everything. What's really good, yeah. you know? And I don't think people understand that is that maybe to, to the young kids watching on Facebook or something that's commenting like, oh, yeah, fuck them too, you know? Yeah, you're entertaining them. But at the end of the day, it's somebody who understands marketing and understands a man's word. Like, bro, you were right. just telling me three months ago. What changed in the last three months right i mean there's a way to do it um but it's just taking ownership of misjudgment mm -hmm. which nobody wants to do you know what i mean yeah. and you'd probably save yourself a lot more headache and a lot more people looking at you sideways if you just cop to saying you know i, I was up. off <laughs> yeah i was off on that one i shouldn't have taken that one and that's the reason why you don't take shit you don't believe in yeah and it's and again it goes back to that type of coaching that doesn't happen in racing it doesn't happen in drag right. racing no one's coaching them to have these types of conversations, which is where 
nice motorsports management came up it's just it made sense for where the sport is progressing to and where it's kind of hit a plateau yeah and i think that there's definitely um higher levels that it can reach yeah absolutely just, just look at the the drift community I, I say that all the time i say that all the time you see so many people in in the drift community who are pros and let's get it correct because you know when we talk about all motor pro or sport front wheel drive these guys are pros in import drag racing those are the pros mm -hmm. so you look at pros in drifting and they're not working any other job that's their job trip out on this yeah they're not they're not they're not beefing on instagram throwing mud at each other because they could lose who pays them their bill and they're like you know what i'm not gonna do that like all these things are are could have so many similarities in the, in the drag racing community yet nobody takes the opportunity to stand back and be like you know what let me not be an asshole right now and and let me not look like a dick online so that i can have a company that really gets behind me a and sponsors monster. what i'm doing yeah a, a Red Bull, a Pepsi. Think think about Doritos, it like this, like all that. It if you if you look at it from the other way around, yeah, you would have to think that you are below that sport. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yep. You would have to think that you are below drifting because you don't get the ESPN coverage. You don't get the large sponsorships. Right. You're getting our small community right because we're not allowing it to get to that level and that's twofold you know what i mean like you have to think about it these companies that let's say let's talk about a monster for a second when monsters sponsored as many big companies as they can and they feel like they've gotten the most out of what they can there do you think it stops there or do you trickling think trickling down yeah they're looking for new opportunities they're taking over now, the world now you have a new opportunity in drag racing or a new opportunity in bobsled racing whatever it is they're gonna eventually be looking for new opportunities you just need to begin to make sure that you're in front of them when they're looking and that you're looking the part okay so check it out from this perspective right, All right. i don't know much about ken block's past how long he was even in drifting. He's a savage. But Ken Block, the professional drifter. Yeah. Right? It should be on the same level as a professional race car driver. Right? When I went to Tokyo Auto Salon two years ago, it took me about five minutes to walk from, I don't even know where the beginning of the line was, but to where the end of the line was to meet him. And the line was about four people deep. To meet him, a professional drifter yeah yeah he does other things now because of the way that he marketed himself and he expanded to you know jim connor or whatever and right 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 blew up from there you know you team up with all of these companies hoonigans or what have you you have the po the possibilities are endless yeah it's just one of those things where you know in this community it just feels like people are more um focused on immediate needs a lot of people play checkers as opposed to chess here and i feel like that's a major problem when you're talking about you know thinking smarter about attracting new business what if all of the old motor class got on a call together and said hey guys you know what why don't we just like lightly support each other we do a little smack talk back and forth but let's look good this year so that we can attract like a red bull and then all of a sudden next thing you know a red bull wants to be at h there a red bull wants to sponsor a car it would take one year to do something like quick. that. quick 
You know what I mean? Yeah. But the, yeah. but the, if they can't get on the same page to agree that they're just going to, you know what I mean, kind of just be by the book for a year. You know what I mean? Same with Sport Front Wheel Drive or another class you want to mention in drag racing that deals with imports. It, if you can't get on the same page to at least have that agreement, you'll never know what it's like to attract a sponsor that doesn't want to sell something to the people who are in the stands that's mechanical, right? Because the people in the stands buy more than just parts here. They buy food. They buy drinks. They buy clothing. Gas. They buy fuel. There's no way that those sponsors shouldn't be here spending money to get them to buy more with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a layup. They need it. It's here. They would get it here. It makes sense. But because not every class is as, you know, Captain, quote unquote, Captain America, as, you know, some of these companies would like it, it falls by the wayside. I feel you, man. And I could definitely relate to that in the uh, the car show community. Yeah, I remember similar. when I similar. first got into it. Uh, competition was fierce and it wasn't like fuck you you're a lame you you scam this person it was yo i'm gonna make a better car than you made last show exactly and yeah i won two week fests in a row i won three week, week fests in a that that meant something yeah but with with the um the rise of social media i mean we always want to blame social media for everything yo you know? social it's, media is <laughs> the devil bro it's it's, it's that shit is the devil you know it's a it's a devil in a red dress yeah. bro but with the rise of that became um, popularity without putting in the work. No, you're right. So back in the day when that wasn't around, we had to put in that work. And you knew who won the last week fest. You knew who won the last Nisei. You're right. And because those, that was established and those trophies, they meant something. And that that's no fault on the event staff. The event staff, they're working with whatever they have. Right, exactly. These are the cards you give me. I'm going to try to put together the best event that I can. Right. And I hear people, they'll go to events and say, oh, the, the event was whack. There was all these cars that were stanced out and then plastic dipped or whatever. I'm like, okay, that might be true, but whatever city that that shows in, that's the best quality that that city could put together Right. for your event. Right, right, right. You know, it's not like we're turning away – hundred thousand dollar bill top to bottom and nah we'll take that car yeah no nah, not the one with the rusted hood yeah come through yeah, yeah we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. take you instead this is the best that you have this yeah. is the best that's available in your city yeah. and whose fault is that exactly that you got to take some ownership to that it's your city <laughs> yeah. you're partially responsible right for that shit. no you're right you're absolutely right so it, it just it just takes some people to uh like like uh, i don't know if you know my buddy rc RC's garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I've so heard of him. RC's built so many cover cars, bro. Like top to bottom, he's a beast, dude. He comes from the the lowrider community. Like that was that was his his passion when he was growing up. So so the the small details that he focused on were like out of this world to Yo, the Honda community. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. So when he's out there building these cars that's untouchable and then other people are trying to build to that but i feel like right now that there's nobody out there if you tell me the top the top show cars in the community and i really don't care whose feelings i hurt like step it up that car is nothing to something from 2010 2011 yo you know what i would agree with you in total however um joe's car can get on the track intern heads and go and win like 10 trophies at any car show really? on the east coast i gotta Absolutely. take a look at this i'm telling you and spoon is a monster when it comes to detail like when you talk about Hell someone yeah. who when you talk about somebody who puts detail into their work 
like this kid does not even like remove his eye he doesn't even speak him and joe could not get on the same page originally on how that car would look at the end like spoon knew what it would look like joe couldn't get it until he saw the final product when you go and take a look at the car you could park the car at any car show week fest included and it would win a trophy really i swear to god on everything I've always said that that was a weakness that, um, or an opportunity, not a weakness, an opportunity that the uh, the race community had. Absolutely. Look, you guys are building the best fucking cars out. Eight seconds, seven seconds, nine seconds. You know, a car show guy would love to have a eleven second I know. car. You know, if if they were just to take that much passion that they put into that car to get it to whatever weight to get, to get it to whatever horsepower to to be able to have the 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 wiring the computer the tuning everything down if it was just if you just took a little more time and focused it on hey maybe let's not just fucking throw the wrench no you're right and, and scratch the paint dude these cars would be fucking hercules bro yo dude spoon has a 95 eg coupe drop his instagram so people can Yo, check it spoon out spoon 860 is his instagram spoon 860 has a 95 eg coupe that i swear to god when you see it it looks like honda built it that way like there's no seam that doesn't look factory there's no part of that car that is even remotely crooked there's no part of it that's unclean or doesn't look like it literally came off the showroom floor it's like honda came out and built this car for him and just put it in his garage. And it and it's the same thing. Like all these cars that come out of his camp have that same ability. Hell yeah. Jamie Marsh, uh, the AK forty seven, Joe's car, his EG coupe. Like it's not like these things are flukes. The kid does it on a regular freaking basis. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause he's got that attention to detail. And it wasn't like that two years ago, three years ago. It wasn't like that. You were seeing cars that were thrown together and they were getting wrapped. And then Spoon started kind of like this little renaissance of we're going to make clean fucking race cars. Fuck yeah. We're going to make clean race cars and we're going to take trophies from show cars when we're done. Yeah. And he's doing it. You know what I mean? Like he could literally pull that car up and take a trophy from somebody at Weekfest. A trophy and they goes would to cry. who's the best. Oh my <laughs> God, they would cry. That, that trophy goes to oh who's my the best. God. They that's, that's how I feel, man. And I remember back in the day when I was trying to compete, and that was my goal every time I was building the car. Yeah. I wasn't just like, ah, okay, that'll be cool. No, mine was like, I want this to be my best potential that I can put into this build. Yeah. It's- because if I win this trophy, I want that to represent that work that I put into it. Yeah. And then it, when the brand started getting a lot more popular, the lines started getting blurred, and I started thinking, did I get this trophy because of my car, or did I get this trophy because of the look? Right, right, right. You know, right, so it kind of kind of made me want to, like, step away from it. And um, I think that there there's a lot of opportunity, not, not in racing, not in, in, um, in show cars, but I think the entire honda community i think that that we we take out we still have the shackles that everybody put us in the 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 hot rod guys you know um all those the those fast muscle cars where they just look at us like jokes damn you just blame muscle cars for slavery bro (laughs) that's crazy i've never heard that on a podcast before in my life (laughs) that's some new shit (laughs) you just blame like every muscle car guy for slavery just now is, 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 is shackles crazy. is shackles 
Yo, does is that like I don't I don't mean to offend yeah you, no I'm totally not offended I just felt like you you shackles? like I felt bad for the I felt bad for the muscle car guys like no, don't, don't use shackles don't feel bad mu- don't nah, use fuck that. shackles don't feel with the bad. muscle car guys you come back, you come back last yeah. night when all those muscle cars are out here and you go talk to them about their car and tell them oh yeah you I know, got a Honda they said, Civic they said shackles you see, bro you see what the fuck yeah. they're gonna tell you they're gonna <laughs> laugh at you in your face oh you got a Honda Civic you know listen Honda they don't do that at World Cup because I see them get wound up at world cup <laughs> i see them get chased the fuck down at world cup all the time yeah, i see oh, it happens all the time and they have TV and they ha- shows. you know they got listen they have tv shows because they're what people see that's what i'm saying like import drag racing in particular has not done a great job of making sure that people who are not into import drag racing well, see it that's what i'm trying to say do you feel like like mentally we're still um ha- we still have that idea as we're just our own little counterculture and we're Absolutely not as we important i don't as think those that guys? no i don't think that it's not that we're not as important the reason we go for it don't get us wrong we chase down all these avenues and we try to get on tv we try to get sponsorships we try to get recognized here but we're a shit show yeah. So we Do don't get that recognized. That's what it, yeah, what it lies I on? totally believe that it's because people know of import drag racing as a shit show. Import drag racing, uh, imports in general. Uh, I, I can't. I, I think that um, I think car shows have done a lot to come from just meets in parking lots and burnouts to organized events. So I don't want to put that stigma on. Okay. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because right. I, I, I don't want to put honest, that stigma on on show cars because I think that they've really improved their scene quite a bit. I think that, you know, there was a time in import drag racing where we had plenty of TV time gotcha. and people were looking at us different. And I think that when we stepped off like that platform for a little bit, we went downhill, we went faster, but then we got kind of sensitive and we let a lot of shit talk and Instagram and clout and everything else kind of get in the way. And the people who had hands on the wheel kind of just let off for a little bit. Imagine having like TV show clout. No, bro. I don't. No, no. It's like it's like nah, it can be there. Nah, we 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 need to get to a point where we um come to a level of professionalism before we have any type of TV show. Clout. Every time I see, yo, do you know how crazy it would be to like? Let's just say like Netflix came down right now and was like, hey, we're gonna do a show on the all motor class like today. That shit would be a shit show. You know what I mean? Not because it's not because it wouldn't be entertaining. It's just because the drama that I see on social media half the time is just that. And it takes up so much of racing where if they decided to do that in drifting, those dudes would really know how to act. You wouldn't have those same types of challenges and you'd be able to get to really making content. And I keep saying that because I feel like it's not that it can't happen. It's just that we need to get to a point of discussing it and then get to a point of making changes so that we can grow the sport. Yeah, it would be dope to see that because every time I see imports mentioned on TV or on a large platform, it's usually in a, a joking way. Yeah. It's lean towards a Fast and Furious joke. Right. Or it's um, something like my EG that I built with Lambo doors and underglow. Like that's, <laughs> that's what they think about. It's, they don't think about the seven-second all-wheel drive cars. They don't think about that Yo, shit. But look, you you want to know why they don't think about that, though? Um, you mentioned like Fast and the Furious, right? So how many other movies do they have to compare what the import culture is outside of Fast and the Furious movies? Yeah. They don't. 
we've never put anything out that told the true side of it because you can come to H Day right now, and you'll never see that Fast and Furious look here. It's just not here. Yeah. You know what I mean? But to the people who aren't a part of it, that's the only exposure or experience they have to it, and that's the reason that they feel that way. So what are you gonna do about that? <laughs> Yo, you already know. You already you already know that I. You already know that one of the things that I plan on doing is actually making a a, a feature film. Yeah. Um, through Nice Ones, produced by Nice Ones, and okay. it's gonna take it's gonna take some time. It's gonna take a writer. It's gonna take some actors. It's gonna take people who really lived it to make sure the story is on point. But I want something that's really true to life about, you know what I mean? Drag racing in New York City in you know the late '90s, early 2000s. And what was happening at that time like you really got to remember like drag racing now is pretty it's not safe on the street don't ever let me say that it is but it's it was way more dangerous back in the day because people didn't even establish rules it was way more wild west than it is right now like people didn't establish like what rules would be what people were you know beefing back and forth over money that they bet but wouldn't pay people were stealing parts a whole lot more cops weren't really involved in that like it was violent times yeah and that's something that um people who weren't in the import community would never know about they would never know that that existed and if they had known that that existed i think that they would look at import racing a little bit differently that would be awesome, man. If there was a uh, there was a movie that really represented the the culture to the fullest, you were working on that. Hell yeah! So we're working. Okay, on so that. you say working on it. How much further from um, it being an idea are you? Like, are you are uh, you down the road already? Yeah, yeah we You're we actually cooking? we actually have a writer who have sat down with um, us at a few different events and got to meet you know some drivers just so that they understand like the concept of what they're writing. We've got some um, script to paper, and we have an idea what locations we want to get into. Yeah. Um, what we wow. need to do is just make sure that the full script is done and ready, and then we need to start going to casting, and then we need to start just booking extras and making sure that we're having people on set that can really talk to the stories because they were there and make sure that the actors are doing what they need to do to make this really feel um, organic and real. Um, and then we'll, we're, our goal is to make like a 90-minute movie. Yeah. yeah. Imagine yeah. if you put that out and the entire community supported it, how big that can be and the, Yo, the attention it can get. We believe it. We believe it. And the reason we believe it is not because it's us making it. We believe it because we're going to make it that good. We're going to make it that good. That's dope, man. Yeah. You, uh, you got your hands full, bro. Yeah, I don't sleep much. So what do you do besides all this? Um, Nothing. Really? I just do this. That's it? That's it. I just went. <laughs> I like that, bro. So yeah, you say you were in the music industry. In the yeah, yeah. Let's, let's yeah, touch yeah. on that a little bit. Um, I did something called Behind the Unsigned. It was like the first piece of content that um that I ever made, and it went on like uh, Fuse TV for two seasons. And it was really like it's similar to the projects, to be honest with you. It was a it was a time where you meet an independent artist, and they um. They take you where they want to take you for a day and they tell you about their life and then you get them performing you know you get to meet their family um and then you get to see their aspirations and how they create music and then you get to see like where they hope they're going to be and where they see themselves so we did that with a few different artists uh, a lot of people may know them in the city like we did um sky zoo um we have content on young ma we have content on fetty wap before he blew um, we had uh, Chris Webby, Fred the Godson. We had Loaded Lux. 
We had Bodega Bams. We had Nitty Scott MC, um, Gogo Morrow. Like we did uh, Christian Dior. Like we did a whole bunch of different artists, and um, and we did it on Fuse for two seasons, and then we did BET Sessions, which was more of a um, a project-based documentary. So it would be an artist brings you into a room and kind of tells you how they created a project, how they came up with the cover art, what some of the lyrics meant. Um, why they got into music in the first place, and then where they saw themselves in like five years. So we did that. We got it sponsored by DJ Booth. We had it sponsored by um, G Unit Records. So this is Fifty actually gave us like their headsets, and they paid for our studio to get painted. They paid for the budget, um, and we did that like kind of off the reservation for five years. Wow, dude! It was nuts. It was nuts, <laughs> and I just needed like a break crazy, from it, bro. and I, and then I fell into doing the same thing with cars and never left you miss it nah and i'll tell you why because i am a fan i'm a fan of music i enjoy music um but some of the things that i see that i don't like in racing are things that i saw in music as well uh-huh. and i love racing i like music but i oh, love racing. so i'm willing to go through that for racing where i'm less willing to go through it for music wow that's crazy because I always say that if I had to choose between music and cars, that would be a hard choice. Yo, bro, music is crazy. I'm going to tell you a quick story. I'm going to tell you a quick story. So um, when we were filming um, Behind the Unsigned Season 1, um, no, we were filming the do- – oh, I'm sorry. We did something else called the DocuTape 2, which was on a group of super producers that were coming up in the game. So that was another show that we did for Fuse that we did two seasons on. So we did three shows total. And when we were on set, we went to a spot in Queens called Slowbucks. And um, Slowbucks made, like, you know, they made T-shirts. The snail tea. Yeah, the snail tea. All yeah. right, so you know the snail tea, right? So we were out there. and I'm hip, bro. I can tell. <laughs> I mean, I thought in Cali you wouldn't know what I'm the snail hip, shirt bro. looked like. Well, I, I guess you do. So we were out there, and we were shooting. And um, one of my executive producers at the time um, knew Lloyd Banks, and Lloyd Banks was coming through. And so Lloyd Banks came in, and... Um, um, my executive producer at the time was talking to him and he gave the signal to one of my guys to start rolling and recording, but they didn't tell Lloyd Banks that they were rolling and recording. So he was about to start talking about his album. And then when he looks up to talk about his album, he sees the freaking camera, uh, on and he snaps, like he just fucking goes off. He's like, yo, I didn't give nobody permission to record me. The cameraman didn't know because the cameraman got the signal from the executive producer like it would be all right. But the executive producer was just trying to get a natural look and thought that he had clout enough to just say, uh. I can do this. And that obviously wasn't the case. So Lloyd Banks starts like going bananas. He's fire? Yo, he's going ham, bro. Like he's throwing <laughs> his hands up. And they never come with like two people. He has an entourage of 30 fucking people. Two Escalades dropped off him and his crew. Two. So we're in this small Shit. room, right? And his entourage is outside, and they hear him yelling. If you ever poked at a hornet's nest, you ever hear the buzz get louder. So outside the room, the buzz is fucking getting louder because they're like, y'all don't give a fuck. We about to fuck somebody up. And then Lloyd Banks is like, yo, I'm going to break your camera. And then the cameraman's like, yo, you're not fitting to break my camera. This is my livelihood. He's taking off his jacket. And then all of a sudden, like, the executive producer trying to calm everybody down. And I'm in the middle of this with my boy Alex, may he rest in peace, Thinking, like, how are we going to get out of this? And, like, I don't know. We start looking at each other. And we each grab, like, a mic pole stand. Because it's like, yo, <laughs> if it comes down to it, we're banging. Like, we nobody gets left behind. You know what I mean? 
And it, I bring that story up because it's like it never had to get to that. Like it yeah. was so petty. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I see that pettiness in racing sometimes, but I love racing enough to go through it. I see that pettiness in music all the time. I don't love it enough to go through that on a regular basis. Yeah, I, I don't think that I would want to be involved yeah, it's different. in the music community. It's diff- no. Like, I could tell you stories about, like, cleaning up French Montana's puke in the studio after he snapped off. or oh, like, shit. like I've, Yo, I've seen the ugly side of music for so long. Like, the ugly side of music for so long. Wow. So... Nah, I think the the closest I would want to get is maybe have uh, an artist on the podcast. Nah, that that would be dope. That would be dope. But it's like when you experience like tour, it's fucking, it's crazy. I bet, dude. Yeah, I don't even crazy. like waking up early for a car show. Nah, bro, bro it's crazy. Like, it's <laughs> it's just you become a different person on tour for seven days. Wow. So, um, what do you think that uh, that the future is gonna be for for the agency? And um, you know, I by th- the end of the year, where 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 do you see this this being? I you know, for our agency, I feel like um, you're going to see a lot more of Alpha K. You're going to see a lot more of the Alpha K team. Um, I think people are going to pick up to what um, Joe and the brand is about, and I think that they're going to find a place in all motor to really respect that, and that's going to be our first way of judging that you know the the company is successful. Um, I think the next step to that is going to be figuring out what the race program needs in order to begin to talk to companies about um, where we feel like we can support them and improve their quarterly sales based on what parts we need and how we can put that together. And then um, third, I think it's going to be you know rolling out merch for Joe um, that's coordinated with his brand and figuring out a way to make that automated so that it goes out the door and figuring out a way to make sure that there are booths set up and then figuring out pricing for him to go out to different events once his buzz gets to a certain place on social media. So we've been kind of making sure that we're tracking his social media along the way. We've been making sure that we've been working on t-shirts designed for him to prep for that. But all those things had to happen after H-Day and after we released the projects for the first episode season two. Now, say you have your client and your client has every sponsor that they need for to go down the track, to right. not have to worry about things at that point or even before then or as that's going on are you going to start looking for brand deals absolutely i think it's brand deals and brand um establishment because it's not always about being a part of a brand sometimes it's about establishing one and making that brand go further and partnering with brands that you would have thought you couldn't have partnered with before that's a different level of partnership that i feel like would almost um elevate a team into a different atmosphere you know i could see somebody going from drag racing with that type of clout to drifting and not missing it you know what i mean a hitch and, and having that driver become something more than what the average driver is but you have to find the right candidate to do something like that yeah um it's what steph papadakis did i know <laughs> but there's not a lot of steph papadakis out there yeah you know he uh he he conquered he did a lot he did a lot and he did a lot without and representation too which speaks to volumes of of him understanding the business you know yeah but you know today people are going so fast that i really feel like they need to concentrate on fo- and focus on making sure the car gets down the track in one piece and that they are focused on hitting that number and letting other people do what they need to do in order to elevate them from a brand perspective and a career perspective yeah it sounds so easy it's never easy. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so easy, man. Yeah, so yeah. say there's a racer listening right now and they would want to be involved in it. Maybe not not 
do you have is it open right now or you know how, what how would that um, even work so you can go to nice motorsportsmanagement.com um look that up and then our website will pop up you'll see a breadth of services that we offer uh it's not for everybody people have to submit for it and then they have to be accepted we have to agree that we can do something i wouldn't want to just take on anybody and then have them pay something that wouldn't fit with you know what's making them successful we want to have an opportunity to really make a, a uh, a dent in what you're trying to do yeah um it's not something that's permanent it's annual you know you figure out how long you want to be with us we can even do something that's like six months so as you can test it out and figure out the you know like uh if we're a good fit for you or not and then um we put together a strategy a plan and then we basically work off that timeline with the plan a lot of my crew gets involved in just making sure the brand's on point when we want to release what we tell you what's realistic we tell you what's not uh and then we tell you where we expect to see you by the time we're done working together that's super exciting, man. Yeah, man, it's different. It's creative. Yeah, it had to be. It's a very, very creative idea. Yeah, and it's different. That can transfer over to a lot of different communities, but to, to be able to lend that knowledge or build that team, you have to have put in your work. Absolutely. You have to have that history. You have to have stuff to pull from to say, you know, I've been in, I've been in that um, situation before. This is how we handled it wrong or this is how we handled it right. You know, that type of stuff is priceless. But you have to have been in the sport for an extended period of time to be able to kind of tap on that resource. Yeah. So we we both want to see the best for the community. Absolutely. Um, besides sponsorship, what do you think that people can do on a personal level to maybe look at things differently, recognize the way that they represent themselves and the uh, – the hardships that may c come from the way that they represent themselves. What do you think that, that maybe they should watch out for, or do, not do? And, and this is coming from you, from your experience, and what you've learned worked and what didn't work. You know, I think people need to really take a look at themselves and, and become less sensitive because they're public figures. Number one thing, figure out the fact that you're a public figure and you're going to be abused. And it's not fair, but at the same time, you shouldn't be retaliating or doing anything about it or catch your feelings over or anything like that. You've got to know that that's what came with this role that you wanted. You know what I mean? I think that's number one. Number two is um, bounce ideas off of people that you truly trust before just taking action on them on social media. Um, you'll find out more often than not that people who care about you will tell you to take the path less traveled and it'll save you a headache in the long run. And it doesn't damage your brand and it allows you to become something that's a little more important in the sport and a little more envied in the sport. You know what I mean? Because people look at people who don't get in the middle of nonsense and they appreciate that because there's so much that's going on. And then last but not least, I would definitely say um, focus on believing in yourself. If, if, if you don't, if you're not the first one to believe in it, you'll be the last one to even attempt to try and do it. So you need to make sure that you're believing in yourself before anybody else does and tell yourself you're capable. I think um, everybody listening that they have a lot of potential that they're not tapping into. Yeah. And me speaking for myself, I was able to tap into that that potential when I became more vulnerable, less worried about how people thought of me, what they thought of what I was doing, yeah. whether they thought about my bolts are gay or not, like. 
whatever, dude. You know? Yeah, <laughs> the, you gotta have... still you getting gotta, orders, you, like, somebody likes it. Yeah, you gotta have thick skin. I mean, yeah. that comes with it, to be honest. Like, I don't... I, I try to avoid, it, like, clout as much as possible because I just don't feel like it's good for me. I try to get in. I try to do my job. I try to make sure that the content that I'm making makes sense and that it's challenging for me and that it impresses me first. And then if it does that, then hopefully impress someone else. Not everybody likes it, but um, I think that that helps me to get better. I think that that skill set also allows me to be creative with racers that Nice Ones is working with through Nice Motorsports Management to make sure that they're, you know, seeing how they can be creative in, in representing their brand. Obviously, we're going to cover content for them on their own channels and make sure that they have the ability to really get merch out to the fan base and really build the fan base. And since that's something that we have experience in, um, of course, that's something that I want to make sure that we're all focused on. Um, and I also feel like it's important to make sure that we're preserving the sport the way we want people to remember it. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think that we want to leave it in a, in a shit state for the next generation. I think we want to make sure that we're cleaning it up, almost like the environment. But at the same time, we want to make sure that racing stays here. Yeah. I mean, the situations, they are what they are. Yeah. They happened. But you don't have to live in that. Exactly. You can You can be done with that. You can switch that up. You can change that. You can change anything that you want. And no matter how people look at it or whatever they want to believe or bring up, or you can be a different person in the next month. You can be a different person in 10 minutes if you commit to it. Yeah. It's just it's an internal thing. Yeah. You know, and um, a lot of these insecurities that get displayed on social media as, you know, bravado and I have this, I have that, you don't have this, you don't have that. Like, I mean, maybe to, to the general enthusiast, 16, 17-year-old kid, that you, it's impressive. Right, right, right. But to, like, maybe somebody that you would consider a peer or maybe somebody that you would look up to or somebody that you would aspire to be, that's probably not the way that they're looking at it. So that might be something that to consider. Right. I mean, and at the same time, Let's be clear. You're never going to make everybody happy. I mean, if you take the opposite role, there's going to be someone who follows you that thinks you're being too soft about it. Yeah. You know, so as long as you know that you're never going to please anybody and you're okay with that, that's probably the bigger thing to take away from a situation like that. As long as you're happy with exactly. yourself. If exactly. you can look at yourself in the eyes right now and say, I'm doing my best. I, this is exactly where I want to be. I'm 100% satisfied. If you could do that. Dude, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Keep rocking out. <laughs> keep you know doing what, I mean? what you're doing. You're good. Keep it Don't simple. Don't worry about it. But if you go through situations, no matter what happens online, no matter how you come out, like there, there's those times that where you're just in your room by yourself yep. and you're just thinking like, fuck, man. I know. I fucking ruined my damn day. Or, <laughs> uh, you know, you think about that shit. If you have those times, if you have those those times when, when you look down on yourself. Right, right, right. I mean there's room for improvement there right. and only you would know yeah of and course. when you start making that improvement and people people aren't feeling it or they're saying oh you're changing or you're fake or whatever those are people that supported the old you the one that you didn't even support yeah it, it, you know it's it's almost like i've come to the realization that just being 100 percent upfront and honest and almost like apologizing for some of your bluntness um makes sense to me at least I'd rather not anybody guess where I am with them. I'll tell you. If you ask, I'll tell you. I won't bullshit you at all. And I feel better about it because that way I never have to rethink about what I told you. Yeah. I told you what I felt. That's all that really mattered to it. How you took it is how you took it. 
but I feel like I stay in that frame of mind so that I don't get distracted by any of the BS that's happening, whether it's around me, the content that we're making, or an event coming up. I just put all that outside of my mind and I don't get involved. With with all the negativity that seems to be on Front Street, um, there's a lot of progress that has that's happened in the last two years yeah even one year yeah and i think everybody that's in the uh the race community should should be proud of that and should embrace that change and should should take that and run with it hell yeah start new classes hit new goals get bigger sponsors get bigger bigger coverage everybody would want that yeah absolutely everybody would want everything to our whole community to grow but the whole community isn't going to grow if the community doesn't want to grow. Yeah, and the community has to be on the same page for it to grow. They have to have a conversation consciously and be on the same page. But it's just exciting to to even be part of it, like to be here as a vendor and just see it going on and see these cars doing these numbers and all the attention that these people put into it. And, you know, there's, I'm sure outside right now, there's somebody working on a car getting it ready for tomorrow. Yeah, we're right outside of Fort Piston <laughs> and they are working on um, multiple cars. There's like four of them getting worked on right Which now. Which is awesome, man. And that yeah. takes a lot of dedication. So I know that the heart is Oh, there. no, the heart is there. The heart's, uh, and, not, and that's, the heart's not been removed from racing. The heart's there. And that's something that, that lacks in a lot of other, um, a lot of communities that may be flourishing in different areas agreed you know so this is not only something that we're talking about the bad of it you know i don't want it to be that i don't want this to be something where we're just talking about the negative because that's what always seems that that gets talked about is these negative situations but that's not something that that we have to live in no we can change it. something that has to even be accepted um I really think that the the whole world could change if you change yourself. Because if you change yourself, you're going to start changing the people that are around you. Because they're going to realize that you're not accepting the same nonsense that you used to accept. So they're not going to do the same nonsense. And maybe that can change them. It's a very factual point. And who knows where your reach can get. So if you have an issue online and your reach gets you... X amount of people on your live or comments here and there attacking somebody else. Imagine where your reach can get you if you used it for good. No, you're right. It, but people just don't see it and people need to look at it with an open mind. Definitely, man. And that's what I've really been trying to work on is um, using my platform to motivate others to be a lot more positive and to get people to know that, hey, how, how I did this, it wasn't magic. Right, it costed it. something. This is this is the blueprint. Yeah, this is what I did. So if you want to do it, this is it. I'll give you the help. You want to make a t-shirt brand? I'll give you my supplier. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, because the more people I send him, whenever I need a rush job, he's gonna take care of me because he knows that I'm sending business to him. That's it doesn't true. matter. I can give you guys all the tools, but I can't give you the heart. I can't nah. give you the dedication, That's and true. I can't I can't give you the possibility to believe in yourself if you don't come with that it's like batteries in 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 a toy if you don't come with that then what good is it and you can you can change that too you know you you like in my uh my city where i'm from it's kind of a trap you know um there's there's a lot of gang activity and that goes on for generations and generations so right right you're 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 great-grandfather 
and your grandfather and your dad could have all been in gangs in and out of jail and sold drugs or what have you. They could have shot like three, four they people. They could have did whatever the fuck they wanted to do. Right. Did they shoot that, somebody? Not none of mine, bro. No? No. You sure? No. Did you do ancestry? No. Hell no, See? dude. You know, I'm not going to do that. Oh, the They're going to have, you yeah, know why? Yeah, the feds keep your DNA. They're going to keep my DNA. Yep. And you know why? Yep. When Elon Musk releases the machine where you can reverse aging i'm not gonna have my dna from when i was this age they're gonna have it they're gonna have it they took the whole thing they, they just need you never seen jurassic park yeah they, they just need a little vial yeah but you, you just nut in that yours. thing you just nut in it send it to ancestry they tell you that you're you're yo you don't whatever yo bro you don't nut in nothing bro like have yo, you done it n- nah okay, so you never done it it's no cool, but it's cool. nah listen you know bro. everything guys cool. no i'm you're, just saying you're not putting no nut in a jar and know? send it over How to our baby's made listen bro we know How our that baby's made. we know that but you, where, where yo, bro, would the most dna be bro, at listen listen bro listen i'm sending him nut you don't put no nut in a jar and send it to fucking way, nah, bro, spit, nah, that's nut. A, nah, nah, stop. Spit Nothing and nut is different. Yo, bro, so easy. I just need clarity here. You don't nut in no jar and would you send bet it your to life the, on the, it? I, I would. Okay, I All would. Right. I'll take that. That you don't nut in no jar. It's just like this big. To send it over to ancestry. Big. No, you don't. Maybe no, this no, is twenty three and me. No, you that listen. Okay, so this is a new business idea. Someone's got to save the nut. Yo, bro. I, yo, yo, save. listen. You need to figure out whatever's happening with the nut on your own. <laughs> but what I know I'm that saying, Ancestry don't take no nut. But they're going to have your to, DNA. To, no. And they're going to have yes, it they frozen. Will. They take a piece of hair, bro. It's it, not hair. It is. It? It's hair. They take a piece of it's hair. It's still DNA. Yeah, but it's not if no they can nut. They make a T-Rex from a fucking wasp. Did they make T-Rexes out of their nuts? I don't know. No, they didn't. They They, didn't do that neither. No, they they didn't, They took it out of the mosquito. Bro. Right? They took it out of the mosquito sack thing. How how can you know if that's a mosquito's nut? Listen, bro. They took it out of the mosquito who bit a person, bro. They didn't jerk the dinosaur off and take a nut to make them. Like, this is getting outrageous. I don't even know how we got here. That's the best thing about it, dude. Is I don't know how we here. got here. It's not about the, the, the destination. <laughs> yo, yo, Frank said they take the nut in order to make clones. Yo, what is going on? I don't on? know, bro. Yo, I don't all know I know, all I know about ancestry is that yes, you're don't right. Don't do it, it. Don't do it because the feds will have your information, and if there are ever clones. You're not going to have your DNA. They're going to sell it back to you. They're going to sell it back to you. million bucks. For your DNA. Oh, you want to be how you were when you were 30? Huh. Okay. They 50 took, year old Is man. it that they take just the 30 or do they take like 29 and like Well, it depends 31? when you do it. So some people are doing it in their early 20s. Right. Imagine when you're 60 and someone says, hey, you want to be how you were when you were 20? Oh, yeah, of course. All right. 50 million bucks something dude because 50 million is going to be like fifty thousand in 30 years however inflation works i don't know dog. i'm not a scientist yo i think that that shit is crazy it's true people are just giving up their nut like nothing and yo million. it's not doing no <laughs> nut man like you we had motherfuckers are giving away your nut like yo, nothing to everybody yo, bro, bro people take people take hair samples. Code jre hair here's samples. my nut hair samples bro 
Either sample. way, bro. They're not taking no nut samples. They didn't do it to a dinosaur. It, it seems they like didn't this do podcast it to no just animals. went off the track. It did. Because you <laughs> out here talking about ancestry, taking people nuts. That didn't happen. Either way, guys. Ancestry, I got you. Don't do it. Um, don't do ancestry. And that goes back to uh, another point. Just think about things before you do them. Yeah, like don't think about saying on a podcast that ancestry. Hey, this is my platform. I can say what you, the you fuck can, I want to say. But it's a bad idea to say that ancestry takes you your DNA via your nut. But you would you ever do it? What? Ancestry. ancestry. No, man, no. I'm not doing that. I'm not that. that interested. No, I don't want. I don't want to get it back, and then I'm like, I don't know. Yo, I feel like if I got it back, I would find out some really dope shit. You think so? Yeah. What do you think you got in you? Yo, I'm from a really small island, right? So there's not like a whole lot of us there. Like I'm from Haiti, like I'm Haitian. Yeah. So um, they spoke French and there was like a French colony involved and all that, right? But yeah, my name is very, very German. So, um, and Germans didn't stay there for very long. So I feel like there's some dope lineage in regards to that. Like I think I'm like a sliver German or something like that. Really? Yeah. Did that change sad. anything in in you? Nah, I'm still be a savage regardless. I don't give a shit. Really? Yeah. German savage. No, I just think that Germany has some savagery involved, and that's part of it. Yeah, history would say so. Yeah, I would agree. Shout out to Germany. Shout out to Germany. <laughs> and palindromes. What is that? Palindrome is something that's spelled forwards and backwards the same way. So auto, O T T O O T T O. That's you. Race car. That's you. Same thing. Auto race car. Palindrome. Infinite infinite that's crazy bro. i know dude so dope to sit and chat with you yo it was a good time man. i didn't think i was gonna even see you this weekend i know surprises surprises it, it happened <laughs> <laughs> so we, we should make this a, a once a year all right we'll figure it out yeah we'll figure it out next I'm, time but i'm excited to see where the uh where everything goes to man yeah the, man. the next h day yeah definitely we'll catch up on it see how far catch we got up over there i, I want to see it man because i think that if you're you're able to create um a marketing team um and it's successful yeah. and it's obviously successful you would have to not be the smartest person not to copy that that kind of uh yeah now we would put it right to work yeah yeah we would put it right to work good shit bro yeah happy man. for you dude thanks man you're i appreciate on your hustle, that man ever since yo I've i don't known quit you, yeah i don't quit you've been on quit. your grind bro absolutely i love that dude so for everybody listening, where can they find you at? And everybody that you've talked to. Um, shout so, out time. So, um, shout out to um, Joe Pinella, Alpha K. Um, you can find them on Instagram at Alpha underscore K underscore. Um, check out Spoon860. Um, you can find him on Instagram. Check out Official Nice Ones. Um, check out um, Offset Zoe on Instagram. Um, check out what's Ryan's Instagram. It's nowhere near the name Ryan. It's like E B L E M two fourteen seventy nine something like that. So I would say check out Ryan on Instagram. But when you check out Alpha K, you will see Ryan. Um, check out um, I th- check out Official H Day. Um, check out Eat Sleep Brace and um, check out Frank Downstuff. Thank you, bro. I appreciate, appreciate you, man. that, man. Yeah, and absolutely. I'm, I'm excited, bro. I'm excited to get the feedback from this. Nah, it'll be dope, man, because people, people only hear me go nuts on live. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes yeah. I'm just up on live at, like, 2 in the morning, 
and there's a good group of people that'll jump on there and then we just wild out for a little bit and show some previews of some videos and you know we typically have good conversations so this is the first time we did like an outlet like this and i think it was dope yeah definitely dude and and the the podcast has seemed to gain a lot of traction lately solid and um i think a lot of people are gonna get some some uh gems from this bro and yeah there are a couple some, gems some in it, actions that they could take on absolutely and it's not only about racing that can change your whole entire life the way that you look at life because i know that when I started going through my metamorphosis. Um, not only my business changed, but my entire life has changed for the better. That's dope. And just my outlook on things and being able to appreciate certain situations that I'm in, like now, being in New Hampshire. You would ask I me know, right? 10 years ago, like, hey, do you ever think you go to New Hampshire? I'm like, yeah, probably not, dude. You know? But you're out here. But I'm out here, dude, doing what I love. And just having fun, man, with That's good people. That's what it is, bro. Oh, I appreciate you, dog. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you for your time, man. We'll catch up. Everybody listening, thank you for your time. Um, make sure you check the Instagrams below. And if you enjoyed this podcast, just tell a friend, man. That's that's all we ask. We're trying to make this into something, and I appreciate you guys uh, lending your time to us because that's the most important thing that you have, and I hope that you understand that. Definitely. And this is episode 71. Peace. Let it.